Yeah, we know. You're sick of this shit. Oh my god. Like, we all know that everyone is sick of this shit. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to discuss it. I hate this. I hate every bit of this. I have been dreading this ever since, you know, Clinton lost in, like, 2016. I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I hate this. I hate everything about this. I hate this demon cracker nation of ours. Uh, I just want this to, like, end with, like, my, like, most rosiest scenario possible of Trump just says fuck it and gets on a plane like five minutes after Texas is called and hawks Trump Force One for cocaine money as soon as he lands in Moscow. Yeah. Or I mean, London or Singapore or whoever the fuck it is that finds some use in keeping his like withered carcass around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, election 2020, America dies. <laughs> mm, welcome to the Chop Shop coverage of the doomsday that is coming down upon us. This is our third doomsday special. Um, you've probably listened to both of them by now, if you're paying attention to this at all. Um, if there is a fourth one... Um, on this subject, then... Well, it'll be like <laughs> five minutes. It'll be... It'll... We're signing off. Cue Com Saucer Todd, go join your local militia. Yeah. <sighs> Mother Anarchy has called her sons and daughters and pals to the war. And... It's up to you to answer. Yeah. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And thank fucking God. Like, Trump getting COVID significantly reduced the odds of that. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we've had, like, five different scenarios um, dating all the way back to, like, the first one. Um, would you care to go through all of these to remind everyone? Sure, Miss Silver. So, um, the five that we're going off of were sort of spun off of David Kilcullen's uh, thing on the Intercept podcast, uh, like, almost like, damn, it actually is like a month and a half ago. Um, 2020s, following time and space, like a fucking champ. Um, so the five we had, which was based off of his three of... Trump wins, Biden wins, or it gets contested. Um, For us, the whole question of how this happens is important for understanding what might come down. So the five scenarios we've spelled out are scenario one, Trump wins legitimately. Yes, we, we have to entertain all possibilities, even though, you know, I am much more likely to, like, fart myself to the moon at this point. Mm-hmm. But we have to entertain that for the three seconds it takes to promptly laugh it out of the room. 
like we're not going to get into it. There's been plenty of think pieces on this. I mean, we're just throwing it out there that we had this on our map for three mm-hmm. seconds for the sake of completeness. Yes. Um, item number two is Biden wins legitimately and in an uncontestable fashion. Mm-hmm. Which, if, you know, the more optimistic polling holds up and this was not looking like there was going to be monkey business around the election, would, yeah, that that would be the very likely outcome. Roll credits. You're good. Um, well, not really. We know better. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, all the shitlibs can go back to brunch or whatever the fuck they were doing. Exactly. Number three is we get a repeat of 2016, where the popular vote pretty soundly goes to the Democrats and the electoral vote just barely pulls ahead for Trump. Um, This could happen because it's happened before. And if, you know, everything goes absolutely right for Donald Trump for the next three days, could happen. Everything would have to go his way. But, yeah. Um... Number four is sort of a variation on number two. And this one we've also kind of tweaked a little bit is Biden wins and Trump concedes. And the previous understanding we had was that this would happen because Biden offered Trump some kind of deal or Biden staffers or somebody so that Trump could get a head start to jump on Trump force one and get the hell out of the U S before he gets arrested. Um, like, I mean, we considered that because, you know, we kind of assumed that the shit libs would be so attached to norms that they would be willing to, like, sell out their base and let Trump go in the name of a smooth transfer of power. Yeah. Like, this would be basically repeating Ford's uh, Nixon betrayal. Exactly. And... We've also added an extra wrinkle to that, which is based on reporting around October 22nd that Trump was publicly saying that if he loses, he would just leave the country. So we're adding another wrinkle, which is Trump doesn't wait for a deal and he just fucks off, which, you know, would be in character for him. Yeah. And honestly, that's the outcome I would like to see is him just, you know, keeping his word for once in his life and fucking off. (laughs) Like, we know he'd still make an ass of himself on Twitter and Russia Today and with whoever the hell else is going to give him a microphone as long as his hosts find it useful to antagonize the new uh, U.S. government. But, you know, him fucking off would split the party and his own base yes and it's never (sighs) happened before so you know that's always fun um Mm -hmm. and then there's scenario five which is the one that we were saying probably is actually the most optimistic for like the american left such as it is and that's where trump wins you should be hearing the air quotes here um by Mm -hmm. blatant fraud like we're talking widespread reports of voter intimidation ballot boxes washing up on beaches whole nine yards and shit kicks off really quick from there um 130 percent of the county went for trump 
Shit like that. <laughs> Shit that has yeah. happened, by the way, in the United States. Like, there were instances in Ohio 2004 of counties casting more ballots for George W. Bush than there were registered voters. And, you know, there's shit like the Brooks Brothers riot in 2000 and the voter purges in 2016. Like, remember that Trump barely won the Electoral College based on like half a dozen counties squeaking in his favor. Yes. So, okay. Um, That could, so that could happen, but it would also be so painfully obvious that it's fraud that shit would probably kick off really fast assuming the chuds don't do something that kicks things off in the event of trump winning by fraud yeah i mean obviously there's a whole bunch of permutations of these basic scenarios but overall these are the ones that are we think are worth considering if that makes sense like, we could get, you know, total wild card shit like Vermin Supreme is going to be the next president of the United States, but. I mean. My money is on Britney. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2020, so that is at least worth mentioning. <laughs> I mean, she should be old enough. Yeah. Um, I think she and is. It's like. You know, she couldn't... Uh, she couldn't possibly do worse. <laughs> and... Yeah. But we also have to add a scenario six. Yes. To the chart. Um, and this is based on developments within since our last regular episode. And we are, of course, referring to... Philadelphia laying some truly righteous smackdown on the pigs, a bunch of chuds mm-hmm. ambushing Joe Biden's bus in Texas, and Stephen Miller's locked drawer full of fascist executive orders. Yeah. And we very humbly would like to call number six, Someone Jumps the Gun. Yes. Whether that's Trump officials sending his goons to arrest the Biden team or a bunch of chuds deciding to just go all purge the moment the sun sets. (sighs) Someone most likely on the right shoots first before shit has actually been settled. And we don't get an election. (laughs) Or, you know, things are thrown into such chaos that the results of the election no longer matter. Um, I mean, if it's, like, open conflict in the streets because, you know, his challengers have have just been wasted and, you know, succession fuckery is underway, then, I mean, that's... (laughs) That's kind of a moot point. How many people voted for Biden-Harris if that goes down? Yes. Mail-in ballots really don't matter under Mm -hmm. such circumstances. Sorry. But it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if a 
like a lot of the terrorist attack scenarios that have been kicked around in alt history and counterfactual history circles for a long time have sort of assumed that the president of the United States as it stands is not going to benefit from it. Um, that's usually the case. And so I don't, I don't really think we're, any of us are really prepared to metabolize that possibility, but it is worth mentioning. That shit could happen. Mm-hmm. So to just give the rundown, scenario one, Trump wins legitimately. <laughs> no. Not happening. Sorry. Let's, not like, happening. let's, if nothing else, to keep the shit libs from, like, running with scissors or accusing us of being Russian agents, assuming they haven't already. Um, this isn't happening. The polling's not there. Trump personally endangered multiple party grandees and very important donors. His numbers have cratered since getting COVID infected. His his entire game is off, and while Biden is pretty flush of cash because he did not try to kill his donors, um, he tried to kill a bunch of his primary voters, but that's a different story. Um, he didn't kill anyone who actually mattered, is the thing. Um, <laughs> Trump did. And so it's like, you know, Biden has a better numbers game. Biden, he has more money. He has more money. And Trump, Trump is reeling from his own weakness and his inability to really raise money or like enough of it to really grind everything down and finish the race like they've had to kill a bunch of tv spots and such that um normally they they should have they should have been able to you know do all that but they're also like you know like suffering from the twin problems of brad parscale turning the campaign account into his personal slush fund and having to actually play defense in a significant way in Texas. Like, if there was generic Democrat having to actually fight for votes in California, their money game would be incredibly fucked, assuming everything else was working as normal. Yeah. So, no, we don't... This won't happen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And we we should point out here that what this means is that you know he wins two hundred seventy votes by uh, he wins two hundred seventy EVs by you know a decisive enough margin that you know Biden can bitch all he wants but there's nothing he can do and there's no you know statistical anomalies uh, and he also or, wins a bare majority at the minimum in the popular vote. So there's no question in either channel about his legitimacy. Yeah. Like, no more than the normal standard deviation of GOP-based voter fraud happened. 
sell. There's, there's, he may not have won it legitimately in this scenario, but it would be impossible to say because everything looks statistically appropriate. There's just nothing there. He, he wins a very close race or hell, he wins a blowout because, you know, everyone went nuts. I mean, who the fuck knows? But that's, that's unlikely. That's, that's really not likely. You'd have to, like, nuke every single state that voted for Hillary Clinton to, for this mm-hmm. to happen, really, at this point. Like, I, like, the biggest thing to mention, by the way, is the polling data shows consistently, and we know polls have their problems. In theory, the models have been corrected. In practice, we'll see. Um, but, even if we're going to assume the polls are off by 5%, Biden still leads in all the states he needs to by outside the margin of error. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, overall, this the scenario is barely worth talking about. The consequences would be catastrophic, but, you know, there's nothing to be done. There's no... It's not (sighs) happening. So, you know, please put your Nine Inch Nails Depeche Mode playlist on pause if you're anyone who's not a chud. Mm -hmm. Because this one's not happening. It's just not. Maybe if, like, you know, a satellite from Venus laden with strange radiation exploded in the skies over North America on the morning of November 3rd, and the dead have risen to vote Republican, you know. Yeah, Night of the Living Chuds. (laughs) Yeah, all the scary shit. Like, it's, it is not worth worrying about because I mean, at this point, you know, there's nothing there to really lead to this particular outcome. Now, Trump can win. I should point this out. We just don't think that he's going to win decisively. Or in a way that won't, like, be able, that will, like, stand up to scrutiny. Yes how much the people are going to feel inclined to do something about it depends on the details. So that's why we have like three scenarios um, about this. That gets, because, us, that gets us to our next one. Yeah. Of, and this one is actually would be in line with all existing polling and assumes you know, let's say that the polls are mostly accurate. Let's say that what we're seeing from the Biden camp, which they are taking this very seriously on every front, they're not doing the whole Clinton uh, faffing around with the Great Lakes and assuming the blue wall would hold without any, like, work on her part. And if we're assuming that, you know, like Stacey Abrams and all them who are doing stuff about vote suppression and the deluge of early voting and everything else is not significantly tampered with 
then yeah. Biden's on track to win a blowout that is somewhere between like 1974 and 1932 purely because trump and the republican party are so fuck off awful yeah like it's worth remembering that from the very beginning clinton had no idea why she wanted to run apart from it's my turn and i'm not just being i'm not just trying to be mean to like the Clinton dynasty. I mean, this is this is a documented problem with her campaign. Um, she had no discernible motive for running, other than I guess she felt she was owed it. Hence, the whole "it's her turn" sort of thing. It's it's not her turn. It was never her turn. Biden, on the other hand, I mean. Call him as senile as you think he is. He knows why he's running. That's the only... If that's the only thought still left in his skull, then he still knows that he's running to defeat Trump and defeat Trumpism. And regardless of your opinions of his plan for beating Trumpism, I think it's safe to say there's no reason to doubt his sincerity. Like, you can question his methods, you can absolutely throw, like, truck-sized rocks at his logic and reasoning and stupid West Wing bullshit occasionally. Although, Mm -hmm. we're not gonna give him shit for refusing to ban fracking, because fracking is, like, fucking deader than, like, Richard Nixon at this point. Um... Like, ExxonMobil just announced that they were writing down $30 billion worth of tar sands assets. Fracking's not coming back. Biden's opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, this is, this is like coal. Like, it's dead. It's fucking dead. Um, he can say all he wants to the Pennsylvania voters to convince them that, no, no, he's still on their side. Those jobs ain't coming back. Yeah. So, but leaving all that shit aside, because we'll definitely, like, have our own rock-throwing special for Biden once we've got this shit in the rearview mirror. Because we, we've got a lot of rocks. <laughs> we've been, like, sanding them down and getting them ready to load up into the cannon. <laughs> but that's for another day. Um, so, regardless... Biden seems to genuinely believe that he needs to beat Trumpism. Like, I don't think he's got any kind of messiah complex or something going on. I think it's just this kind of, you know, what, like, like, I'm sure in his head, it's some kind of, like, vision of being, like, the weary old statesman, um, like, the old warhorse being, like, ushered out of the stables and fitted for one last charge kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, he has picked a capable, if worrying, successor. Like, I would, I would not doubt Kamala Harris being effective. She will not make the same mistakes Obama did with the Republican Party, and I also don't think Biden will. I think there is a sufficient awareness of 
how out to lunch everybody was for the first two years of the Biden of the fucking Obama Biden administration that they're not going to assume they can just Aaron Sorkin their way out of this. Yeah, I mean, we have been hearing worrying things from his staffers, but I mean, obviously, he is going to inherit some of those, you know, West Wing dipshits. There's just no way around it. Most any of the candidates who ran, Bernie accepted, would have onboarded at least some of these fucking people. Utterly fucking useless. Like, the only bunch of people that's more useless than them is, like, the Harvard School of Business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think... I think this is fairly likely in terms of what this means for us down the road. Um, I think we've said all we need to say on the subject in that this will buy us some time, assuming that they don't do anything stupid. Well, and at this point, I also think that it's pretty likely that especially after the whole Texas ambush shit that happened on Halloween, that the Biden administration is going to prioritize taking the leash off the FBI and going after the far right with, like, the most vicious single-mindedness coming out of federal law enforcement since the civil rights era. How much will be collateral damage? That's another question. Um, but, but like, he's not yeah. gonna. He like I pay, I personally think it was actually politically unwise of him to cancel the rally after getting out of the ambush. But leaving that aside, <laughs> they have personally threatened him. I don't <laughs> think they have like personally threatened his administration, and his top-level staffers, that's not going to just fade away into some kind of bipartisan comedy. Like, he might make some noises about playing nice with the Republicans until, like, that clearly doesn't work, but I'm fairly certain he's gonna, like, go after the chuts viciously. And, you know, regardless of shit like collateral damage... Watching the center and the right duke it out is going to be really good for the left. Yeah. I would not like to eat those words, though. Um, no. So, but it's kind of hard to like do a red scare if you're already doing a brown scare. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, watch this space. We'll keep on top of this ongoing story. Um, if this turns out to be the scenario. Um, I don't think there's much else to say about it right this moment. Um, so, number three. Mm, so this is, this is where Trump pulls a repeat of 2016 where he barely ekes out in the Electoral College but does not win the popular vote. This is different from winning legitimately because Trump will have once again lost majority support, probably by a fairly solid margin 
like with the kind of early voting that's been being racked up, especially in democratic governed states, it is safe to say that he is going to lose the popular vote by at least 3 million votes. Yeah. I mean, this would be like, this would be like winning by negative 4 million, 5 million votes. Um, where we can, it wouldn't be really, uh, and see, this is, this is where things start getting really dangerous. Like, um, honestly, this one worries me the most because this is the one where you might potentially get shit like Gavin Newsom calling all able-bodied Californians to colors. Yes. Like, uh, this is where you get shit like state governments in Biden voting parts of the country going, you know what? Fuck this. We. Yeah, we tried electoralism, and we being the shit libs here. I mean, a lot of us are already a bit more on board with this. Um, this would be the shit libs being like, fuck this, we've tried doing things the American way. Um, the dream of America cannot survive under four years of this bullshit. And Trump lost. So we're we're going to exercise the people's veto, basically. And there's no reason under this situation for the Republicans to go along with that. They will have retained power in spite of everything they've done. They're mm-hmm. not going to surrender that lightly. Oh, no. Um... Like, if you want a Blues versus Greys version 2, then that's most likely going to come out of Scenario 3. Like, getting yeah. a quote-unquote clean civil war where state governments are calling up militias and shit's breaking down into identifiable fronts and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and this could, st- this could happen. Like, by a combination of force and fraud in key states, granted there's no evidence that the alt-right and the MAGA chuds are sufficiently organized to carry this through, but this could happen. We could be in a situation where all those November 4th demonstrations are become a testing ground. I mean, they probably will anyway, but under a scenario three, that's where we could get shit like Greg Abbott in Texas sending the Texas Rangers and the Texas National Guard to, uh, like, bathe Austin in blood while Gavin Newsom is calling out uh, militia to protect uh, demonstrators from the Chuds. Yeah. Yeah. Those things could still happen under other scenarios anyway, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i i should point out that um we joke about you know the grays and blues clean civil war here but even that would start to spiral out of control uh, it just wouldn't do it quite as quickly um 
And the fact that you'd have, like, the machinery of different state governments actively stepping up to the plate would play a significant role in how things would play out. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's not a, it's not going to be pretty. Let's just say that. So, like, if this scenario happens, I, I guess the best advice we can give is batten down the hatches and carry on with the direct action yeah like scenario and two is one where you can breathe easy and start getting your mid and long game shit ready scenario three is when you get to find out how to build a pipe gun yeah um <laughs> so let's see scenario four um Biden wins reasonably convincingly, but not like, you know, some sort of like com- Or maybe it is commanding, like we were saying in scenario two, but for an important distinction, Trump also concedes. Or yeah. he jumps on a plane. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, if he just like washes his hands of the whole affair and just fucks off and leaves, um, that would actually go some very weird places. Um, for one, Pence is not going to run because we don't have as much on Pence as we do Trump, to be quite honest. Um, Pence is, he's not as shady, quite frankly. Um, he doesn't have, like, you know, millions of dollars stashed away in untraceable bank accounts. <laughs> um, he's got to sit there and face the music and have no mandate. And if we're looking at a Trump concede scenario, it's probably going to happen by a combination of an overwhelming electoral defeat, like a situation where, say, Texas is called on election day as going yeah. to Biden by a convincing margin. And uh, Mitch McConnell, Bill Barr, and some other Republican grandees basically do what the Republicans did back in 74 with Nixon and say, look, we cannot support you in this. There's no fucking way you will be able to win this fight. We're asking you to step aside, retain some dignity, and we'll let you keep Air Force One. Yeah. It could also involve, you know, Biden's winning convincingly, and then there's people from the Biden team who quietly reach out to the Trump team and say, hey, you know what? If your guy wants to just, like, stuff a briefcase full of money and leave, go. Yeah, we, well, like, you still have, you know, enough control that you can just, you can fuck off and go. Um, we're not going to stop you. And this one is <laughs> quite possible based on two things. First, Trump himself has actually said that if Biden wins, he's leaving the country. Whether or not that's true, who the fuck knows. Um, it's Donald Trump. If he said the sky is blue, I'd be looking out the window. Um, but... Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. But leaving that aside, 
Every single time he got himself backed into a corner as a businessman, he always took the coward's way out. If he tried to sue somebody to not pay, if he did something like, say, sue somebody so that he didn't have to pay them for the job that they did, and they came back and said, actually, we got Johnny Cochran and we're ready to kick your ass in court, he would settle and make the thing go away. If his businesses were spiraling out of control, he would just go to bankruptcy court and leave the investors holding the bag and find some way to fuck off to a new grift. That's And since he's been elected president, every single time he's done his stupid brinksmanship and gotten right up to the edge of the line and the, other per- and the person on the other side goes, yeah, let's fucking go, he has always been the one who flinched. Yeah. Always. Like, even with the Iran thing, he, yeah, he offed, like, you know, the equivalent, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, and then when Iran looked ready to, like, yeah, let's fucking go, let's destroy your interests in the Middle East, um, we're ready to survive the siege and you are not. And Trump was like, actually, I, I think I have business elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. He had a, like, not even, like, a clear-cut Casas belly. He straight up picked a fight and flinched. Yeah. Yeah. The very second he got pushed back, he blinked. Which is a good thing for the world. But, um... He is a he, fucking coward. Yeah. So it's very likely that he will run. Um, there is obviously some wild carding in this scenario because we don't know what Trump fling and it would be Trump, it would not be Pence. Um I don't know what that that would do to the state of play. Cause like, let's be real, if it's a Biden Cutting if it's a Biden camp cuts a deal that we only find out about because historians get into the presidential papers after they've been declassified like 30 years from now, then in that scenario, there's probably going to be some unspoken. You have to pick one of your kids to stay behind with Mike Pence. So we have somebody to throw to the mob. And if it's the Republican Party grandees telling Trump to fuck off, they're probably not going to invite Pence in the room for the exact same reason. Yeah. Yeah. They they want him to be clean. Well, you know, we'll try again in our day. Obviously, if we were able to do it once, we'll be able to do it again. Um, but we lost. I don't. Like, yeah, this is. This one is kind of a weird one. And it's weirder than I thought. I mean, my money is. My money is honestly on of his three fucking fail kids that the one he takes with him is Ivanka for incredibly creepy Targaryen reasons. <laughs> I hate knowing what you mean. He himself has said it. I am not I am not projecting anything onto this guy. He's the one who has like publicly been like I wish I could date my daughter. Oh, God. Motherfucker. So yeah, out of his three fucking spawns, she's probably the one who gets the heads up to pack her bags and grab her hubby. Yeah. Of her 
of his adult spawn, we should say. He does have... Uh, there's Trump Jr., there's um, Eric, and Bo- who are both failed kids. and They'll be absolutely know. left to the die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Baron... I don't know what the fuck's happening with him, but I don't I don't think he's particularly sentimental about Baron. <laughs> Ivanka, yeah. <laughs> like it really depends on your interpretation of Baron. Like, for example, if like if say Baron is turns out like a deep cover Claudia Conway and has actually been leaking shit to the Washington Post or something the whole time, then yeah, he's not going anywhere. If he's, like, fucking Damien incarnate and is just waiting for the right opportunity to become the Antichrist, then actually he might not leave under those circumstances because he'd be such a calculatingly evil bastard that he'll find a way to play this to his advantage. Um, but other than that, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um... But it does, if Trump, regardless, if Trump goes without a fight and fucks off, it will absolutely shatter his base. Yeah. And that would be very much also a watch the space sort of thing. Um, like, we'll, we'll document it as best we can. Um, according to our patience with this bullshit. Um, but yeah, that's, (laughs) that's the big thing. Like, it wouldn't be, you know, it probably wouldn't be that bad. It's most likely much like scenario two. Like the party grandees in the GOP would be, taking the knives out to purge the chuds at that point because for them it would be the perfect opportunity to get rid of rid of all that dead weight yeah i mean it's like normally with the republican party the base disciplines the party um so i could see them being like well maybe we need to take power back from the base um that could that could be their play. Um, I don't know if that would go that well, but you know, they'll at least <laughs> try. They'll at least try, and they would be helped by that. A Trump fucking off is not like like the cues would probably be like absolutely like spinning in their graves if that happens. They would have like. That would be the opposite of all the fucking shit they've predicted. And while that won't, like, break QAnon outright, it will at least get a significant number of cues to walk away. Yeah. Probably because they will have completely lost faith in everything. Yeah, your shitty racist uncle will go back to moaning about whatever's on Fox News. Yeah. Instead of moaning about um, whatever's on Aikun, um today. It would be um, a, like, 
that this would all you know this would be a gop internal civil war like i don't think the republican party long term would survive it but the grandees would at least make a serious effort to quash this unruly rebellion that has now endangered their electoral prospects in a significant way yeah and i should note that the democratic party itself is not immune to these forces um the whole coalition is held together by like spit and bailing wire at this point um like i just i don't know i don't know i don't i don't see it holding up um it could <laughs> a lot of this would be you know the dog that caught the car like what the fuck are you gonna do with it yeah this is a like any scenario where biden wins by a solid majority or biden is clearly winning by a solid majority and powers through trump's attempts at contesting the election is going to be a scenario where the democratic party is going to probably rule the roost without any dispute for at least four years at least in terms of electoral politics at which point their coalition will then proceed to fragment spectacularly yeah and we could see signs of that as early as 2022 um and of course all of this assumes that you know whatever the social tension level is um like the civil war is not gonna stop democratic party um bickering or republican for that matter not for a while like we do want to put on the table there is always in any of these biden wins scenarios the possibility of a thing we've been sort of jokingly referring to as the american kerensky outcome which is basically joe biden becomes the american kerensky and for those who don't know the reference that was the poor schmuck who was put in charge of the russian provisional government after the february revolution of 1917 toppled the czar and was then sort of forced by the rest of the respectable bourgeois politicians to keep throwing peasants at machine guns because reasons, even though they were ready to fucking kill them over that exact reason. And that war was what broke the czar. And Kerensky made it to October. And then we that had the was... Bolsheviks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they lasted longer than I expected, but it is, it's not a good, um, like, part of the problem, and I've been struggling to articulate this, is I don't think that Biden is going to be coming in with a mandate, not as we would think of it in the traditional sense. As long as, you know, Trump is gone for whatever reason, Biden has fulfilled his one primary campaign promise. 
And the only reason he can get people to vote for him is because he made this promise. And the promise is to get rid of Trump and Trumpism. I don't think he would last beyond that, in all honesty. Like, not unless he pulls some kind of, like, God President Roosevelt move and, like, channels FDR's raging spirit into jamming through a second New Deal in the first hundred days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It could happen. I mean, Roosevelt did run (laughs) as a centrist who was engaging in all kinds of deficit hawkery against Herbert Hoover in 1932. Yeah. Before then dragging the congressional leadership into the Oval Office and saying, look, see those angry people outside? Either you give me what I want or they're going to take what they want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, that could happen. Biden could be more of a patriot than a capitalist. I mean... I could kind of see it. Um, but I don't think it's super likely. Um, it's just something to keep in mind, obviously. Yeah. Um, that gets us to number five. <laughs> this this is yeah this is where trump wins in air quotes but the fraud is painfully obvious there's and as for fun, some fun with this contact like context for this is we already have pretty much every major metro area planning made like big <sighs> november the 4th rallies demanding all the votes be counted there is already widespread anticipation that Trump is going to at least try to stage some kind of coup to retain power. And there has been a couple months of organizing and planning around how to stop this specific scenario. Yeah. Like, what we're talking about here is major statistical anomalies Uh, enough ballots being thrown out that basically nobody voted. Um, You know, things like, say, a Trump wins, and I'm exaggerating here, Trump wins New York by three votes out of the five cast in the state. Shit like that. And this is one where, if this happens, especially since the street movement is already massively primed and has demonstrated in multiple cases that push comes to shove the cops will lose a straight fight with a sufficiently angry urban population yeah that this is one that depending on how things play out and especially you know depending on if this goes to the supreme court which it probably would and it's quite likely the Supreme Court would do something really fucking stupid for them. This is the scenario where things are most likely to spiral into something looking a lot like Egypt in 2011. At best. Uh, 
you know. At worst, we get to find out what the Syrian civil war looks like when it's Americans and not Syrians, with our number of guns per capita and all that other fun stuff. Like this, (laughs) like on one hand, this scenario is the one that has the greatest potential for the street left. On the other hand, it's the one that's got almost like, well, no, I wouldn't say it's got the greatest potential. Like number six might almost beat it out simply because of the sheer fuckery that could emerge out of that. But this one has the greatest potential for the American street left purely because it is the scenario that is most likely to force the shit libs to actually work with the left and be forced mm-hmm. into common cause. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, this is, this is one of the scariest, um, in all honesty, because at this point, it's like the dream is dead. The interregnum ends with no fourth republic or fifth republic or however the fuck you're counting. Um, the U.S. just straight up dies, and whether or not you think that's a good thing in the abstract or in the particulars like this could go in any number of directions from the uh, god president trump shall now reign eternally and uh, has always reigned eternally even though his name is now eric and it was previously donald and uh, they got there by bathing in rivers of blood to uh, the Union of Autonomous American Republics declares private property is forbidden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... This would be... Like, this whole thing, you know, it would just... It would break the country. It would absolutely break the country. Um... Even worse than, like, you know, a popular vote split. Like, I think it's worth mentioning, though, that, like, this is a scenario that I think is less likely to have guaranteed shit's gonna be fucked than the EC popular vote split scenario. Because in Mm -hmm. that one, you've got a situation where you could see state governments actually marshalling forces to uh, do to like do organized violence upon each other whereas in this scenario this is one where shit could spiral a lot faster than people in power can handle and it's got a much greater range of possibility but it also has like a much greater chance of the street left which has consistently shown when push comes to shove that it can beat the right and it can beat the police in the street taking control of the situation 
Yeah. Simply because everybody else is too busy playing catch up and figuring out what the hell to do. And, oh, wait, did San Franciscans just, like, seize the Twitter building and ban Donald Trump and the entire Republican Party and suddenly the White House is under siege while the Joint Chiefs are figuring out how to get their pants on? Um, Speaking of, um, they are... And I don't know how reliable this is. I linked you earlier, but the uh, from uh, this guy is a White House correspondent. He got the and he got this from a federal law enforcement source um, who talked to NBC. Um, that beginning. Tomorrow. It's probably um, by the time this airs. Yes. Uh, Cruz will be building a quote-unquote non-scalable fence to secure the White House complex, Ellipse, and Lafayette Square. And 250 National Guardsmen have been put on standby. Um, this in and of itself is less alarming I think that it sounds simply because, yeah, I think this this was going to happen. Um, Remember, this is Bunker Boy we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, like, remember just after the George Floyd uh, murder when, you know, like, protesters were trying to put, you know, DC... An- DC and the White House in particular are under siege, um, presumably to do the whole um, <laughs> people's veto sort of thing. Um, that happened, and you know we were still months out from the election um, when all of this was supposed to be fixed by our betters. Uh, well, nothing of the sort has happened. So... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, th- this was inevitable, is what I'm saying. He was going to do inevitable. something like this. Just because that's who he is. So... But, it, you know, it does kind of foreshadow that we might get into a scenario six... Also known as Someone Jumps the Fucking Gun. Oh, Jesus. That one's... Yeah. So so just to lay out the reasons why this one is even under consideration is because of things that have come to light in the past week. Starting with Stephen Miller's locked drawer full of fascist executive orders, which was widely reported on throughout the media that apparently... One certain Nazi shithead in the White House slash speechwriter and policy advisor has collaborated with the Attorney General slash Secret Police Chief Bill Barr and Donald Trump to write a whole slew of blatantly fuck-off racist executive orders that would be designed to basically whiten America, strip voting rights from the children of immigrants who, you know, people who were born here and legitimately have a right to vote, and do a bunch of other things to completely break any possibility of the white 
male Christian demographic ever being threatened politically again. Yeah. And, and this is in a locked door is- <laughs> because even Stephen fucking Miller knows that jamming this shit through would be political suicide before re-election. And it's worth pointing out that this is this is the stuff that they were willing to admit to, basically. We don't know what the rest of it in there is. Like, the Donald Trump did try to, like, put through an executive order saying Biden can't be president. So there could be some less stupid but more awful things floating in that drawer. And the fact that they're even thinking in these terms suggests that there is at least enough of Trump's inner circle that are prepared to fight it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what's terrifying. But this isn't the only thing in uh, that leads us to think this. No. The second one is the absolutely based shit that's been going on in Philadelphia, where the cops murdered the fuck out of uh, yet another black man for shitty pig reasons in a blatant fashion. And the people of Philadelphia responded appropriately. They, like, channeled the spirit of Gritty and went at it. Yeah. Like, we're talking people ramming riot lines with cars and shit like that. We're talking cops retreating on video. Like, this is shit that is probably, like, including Minneapolis, the most intense urban uprising that has happened in 2020 so far. Yeah. And it's like, this is, like, obviously that's, you know, concerning if you're trying to read the tea leaves like us. But there was a third thing, and that would be yesterday's incident. Oh yeah, the Halloween surprise. The latest fucking October surprise. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, care to walk us through that one? So the short version is a convoy of Trumpies in trucks managed to actually do something more complicated than finding their ass with both hands behind their back and successfully ambushed the Biden bus on its on their way to a campaign rally in Texas, sort of a last-minute, you know, pump people up kind of thing. And what's really concerning with this is it's not just that they rolled up and managed to do this, because, I mean, let's be real, in 2016, there were multiple attempts and successful examples of anti-fascist-led mass demonstrations shutting down the, like, Trump rallies by doing shit like freeway blockades and stuff, basically preventing them from happening, This involved Trumpies pulling out guns and threatening Biden staffers and the Biden staffers and the Secret Service like freaking out and calling in the Texas Rangers because they legitimately were concerned that they were going to get shot. And this might be an assassination attempt on Joe Biden and crew. Yeah, they managed to... um... Among other things, um, 
leave a huge fuck-off scrape in a staffer's car from trying to force it off the road. Um, if they'd been more successful, um, this would be a very different... Um, this would be a very different show, because then we'd have to talk about, you know, uh, what does it mean that, you know, Biden and or Harris are fucking dead? That, that could have happened yesterday. And I can't believe I'm saying that. That um, would have, that could have gone any number of ways. Um, but I do think that they, they really did have the capability, if they'd put their mind to it, to just kill the presumptive uh, president-elect. And his vice president. And just for like some frame of reference here, the last time something even remotely like this happened was when the Pinkertons doing their one of two good things they've ever done in their entire history had to like sneak Abraham Lincoln into Washington, D.C. to give his own inauguration. Because <laughs> there was legitimate concern that he was would not have made it to D.C. alive. Mm. yeah like that's that's pretty <laughs> fucking frightening I mean it's like yeah I know I don't fucking like these people to be perfectly brutally honest I really don't but at the same time nothing good would have come of this nothing this would have gone completely there there is no contingency that works for this yeah yeah I mean it's <laughs> I mean it, it, that would be one way to solve the political singularity but um, it would be an extremely terrifying one and it's like the thing of it is, is the Secret Service are not invincible. Okay. Like, they don't actually carry a security detail that would, that would have been powerful enough to stop this. Now, that might change after the election. Um, but even so, it's like, there is not a hell of a lot you can do when you're trapped in a tin can and several F-350s have just forced you to roll over. There just isn't. Yeah. So this gets us to scenario six, which is someone most likely either with the Trump regime or it in the Trump movement jumps the gun on election day before the polls are closed or as the polls are closed and before there's any clear outcome and throws a giant fuck you wrench into everything. Yeah. Um, this is a risk up to how I would say a couple of days after, um, 
uh, a couple days, maybe a week. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, and this could be like the two most likely things to happen if we're talking jumping the gun. Like, okay, in fairness to the shit libs, yes, some anti-fascist could take a shot at Trump. That's like, you know, a thing that might happen in a parallel universe somewhere, but that doesn't seem likely in this one. Um, simply because the entire ethos of the anti-fascist movement is to kick the fascists out. There's not very much in the way of preemptive violence that's been going on there. Um, and I'd like to think that a lot of us are smarter than to think that just taking out one guy who is one of the most heavily protected men on earth um, would positively influence things. Exactly. Like, it's really, like, it's worth pointing out that the one instance we've had so far in the last, like, coming up on two years now of someone who is clearly with the American left doing an active act of violence was the one guy who tried to torch an ICE facility and got shot. Like, he wasn't even actively trying to assassinate people. He was just trying to engage in very aggressive property destruction. Yes. One von Sprossen. Yeah, like, let's put this out there. The When the left has random lone wolf or small cell actions, they tend to be things like, we're going to burn a ski lodge to the ground. Not, we're going to shoot a governor. At least not in the last hundred years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a while since propaganda of the deed was seriously considered. Um, and, you know, obviously there's no way to know that kind of thing, which obviously scares the shit out of the far right, but... They tend to be much, much more willing to jump to these sorts of tactics. Um, like, they already have. There was that fucking, like, rampage uh, by truck back through Portland. There was Kyle Rittenhouse. There's been fucking Dylan Roof and any number of uh, disturbed individuals who turned out the reason they were disturbed was because they were fucking chuds and the media was too damn cowardly to just say hey we have a far-right violence problem here the law the las vegas shooting um we know that this is a much more likely to thing to happen from the right because it's been happening from the right for the last 20 years more than that like if you take (laughs) september 11th off the table the number one cause of like deaths due to domestic terrorism in the United States is chuds. Yes. Yes. And actually, and... I think even if you keep September 11th on the table, it still is pretty close. Also, there was one other possibility um, where it's not, you know, uh, well, to finish on this on one a... really quick, like okay. to, just to finish on this one really quick like when we're talking the chuds jumping the gun what we're talking is a bunch of red caps 
decide to act out the Turner Diaries or uh, Victoria or take your or like Camp of Saints or Siege or whichever like fuck off awful far right propaganda they act on and they decide to just go full purge. Yeah. And it might be, you know, weren't you guys successfully managing to like you know, harm a senator or whatever. Um, and then it, you know, spirals into, you know, a week of terror in Northern Virginia. Um, that, you know, basically leaves a lot of people dead, including a lot of the ones that the Democrats were kind of counting on. And this is the kind of scenario where, like, again, these guys are not sufficiently organized to take it to the level of going full Rwanda, but if enough of them decide that this shooting is it, this is the day of the rope, let's go, then shit could get pretty ugly pretty quick. Yeah. Like, we could get election effectively postponed due to mass violence um, happening in too many places. I mean, it's like, uh, the excuse will be, oh, well, you know, we can't possibly certify a election with, you know, a goddamn shooting war on the streets. Like, you know, they're they're targeting random people. We, we gotta keep them safe. Um, and that's why uh, we're suspending the Constitution. <laughs> exactly. But that... That assumes that both enough of them jump the gun, which so far hasn't happened, because everything from, like, the Christchurch mass shooter to probably these shitheads on Halloween, there was the clear intent on their part of this is going to be the thing that sparks it. And it didn't. Like, they wanted to do Gretchen Whitmer. Um, they... <laughs> there was <laughs> uh There was that uh, QAnon crank who was uh, fishing around for people to do the thing to uh, DeWine once um, a said QAnon person had declared themselves governor of Ohio. Like... We're not dealing with people who are... They're not going to send their best. But if they get... If they get someone, you know, fast enough and high up up enough, um, that could, you know, really inspire them. Like... A lot of, a lot of the reason we haven't had like organized, inchoate violence, on the street level yet, is because everyone is waiting for the first person to actually succeed and not immediately get gunned down, or even to, you know, martyr themselves sufficiently effectively. Yeah. So this is, it could happen. It's not likely based on their previous behavior, but it's a possibility. 
that jumping the gun could be these guys go full purge and shit snowballs. I don't think they would win, but they would at least try. And honestly, Trump so, getting COVID probably <laughs> greatly reduced the odds of this happening. Yeah. I mean, it's it's worth pointing out that if, you know, if they got enough of a terrorism snowball going, that Trump could very well take advantage of the situation. Um, and leverage it to his own political ends. Like, he's already been retweeting the video of the ambush, so... He absolutely would do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Water is wet. (laughs) Next. Um, Yeah. Like, the other one, though, which is one that actually is kind of more worrying because it's one that might actually get past step one, is if... I don't know... Bill Barr and Stephen Miller lock Trump in the Oval Office with a kilo of cocaine, and he comes out saying, send pact after the Biden campaign and the Democratic governors. I don't care what you have to do. I want them in chains or dead. Yeah. Execute Order 66. (laughs) Exactly. Or an immediate underling authorizes Order 66. And Trump just sort of goes along with it. Yeah. And, like, you know, there are there are some very good reasons to go through with that. Um, if you think that, you know, the future of the Republican Party is going to be uh, a pathetic uh, regional party that can only barely hang on by the skin of their teeth and massive voter suppression. Like, it doesn't take a fucking genius to recognize that okay, Trump has technically lost, but we still have power. Um, we're not going to get another chance. We ha- we have to roll the hard six now. And this could happen because this has happened before in American history. It was called 1860. There was, if you looked at it from a totally disinterested strategic perspective and you were some big shot plantation owner in the South, secession in 1860 was a disaster. It set back the planter class by 20 years and forced them to make do with something that was more brutal and less directly, like, absolute as slavery. If cooler heads had prevailed in 1860, the South could have dragged out the fight over slavery for the rest of the 19th century without breaking a sweat, without firing a single shot, and purely by legal means. Yeah. I mean, recall that Texas had basically... They had basically slave prisons back in the... all the way into the 70s. Um, Angola is still around. Like... We were finding people who had been told that, no, slavery is still a thing. I still own you. 
into the late 1960s. Yeah, this is, and that was with the Civil War Reconstruction and Jim Crow. Yes. So if we're taking that into account, that these guys really, really, really jumped the gun in 1860 because they, like the modern American right, exaggerated the threat of the radical abolitionist movement and misinterpreted the intentions of the incoming Republican Party Uh and went into full panic mode. You know, it's happened before. This kind of thing, this kind of leaping into the dark thing has happened many times in modern history. So it is quite possible that this could be the reason why you see jumping the gun is it would not be because there's some kind of preordained brilliant plan, although there would probably be a plan involved if it's packed goons trying to arrest Kaiser Newsom. It would be because they are looking at an incoming Biden administration and genuinely believe he's going to usher in a Stalinist nightmare. Yeah. Which they might. Like, they are already pretty freaked out about Biden's gun control stuff. Never mind that he's been downplaying a lot of that recently. He did not discuss it at all during the debates. He discusses it on Twitter, but Twitter is filled with the sort of shitlib losers who go for that stuff. And this is, like, we gotta remember... From a personal standpoint, the mm-hmm. people in Trump's inner circle, as well as Trump himself, are very likely to face direct consequences for everything they've done in power. Like, there's no way Bill Barr, for example, is going to be welcomed back into polite society, not after what he's done, assuming he's not actually facing criminal charges of some sort under a Biden administration. Biden will be under enormous political pressure to be presenting Trump acting secretaries' heads to the party as proof of his resolve. There is going to be, like, pressure, and there already is pressure, from all sides to do that. And they know it. They know they are in trouble if their boss is forced from office. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to not lean in super hard into, like, hysteria or anything. It's just... (sighs) We got a room full of cornered rats here. Yeah, and it's not like... It's not like the Bush administration where they were like, well, we can just sandbag the fuck out of them. Um, And when Obama inevitably fucks up, we'll take power back. Um, we've, you know, we, oh, we got a very deep bench full of dead-eyed motherfuckers who will give us what we want. So, yeah, we, we can concede this. We can do a peaceful transfer of power, especially since Obama seems surprisingly open to just letting our ghouls kill people in the Middle East. So this is quite possible. Like that was the that was the Bush calculation. That doesn't exist under Trump. 
Yeah, the Trump calculation, the Chuds, they know that this is the end. If the polls hold up, and if things turn out the way that it looks like they will according to polling, and based on things like record-setting early voter turnout, seems quite likely... They might decide that they really don't want to live in a world where Joe Biden has a blank check for the next two years. Minimum. Yeah. I mean, it's objectively speaking, it's not like they wouldn't eventually have an buy at the apple. Um, it's just that, you know, their best chance had just passed them by. And it only really takes one or two of these high-up people to realize that, you know, okay, objectively, um, the cause of white power will not be finished off if Biden comes into power. But if I want this to happen in my lifetime, um, we need to do it now. So that's what could drive that. And, you know, this is what we're looking at. A scenario six is on the board because, you know what? <laughs> Shit's happened that's put it on the board. Yeah. And weirder, worse things have happened. It's <laughs> also true. And to be fair, like, something like this was kind of lurking in the background of our last two specials. We just hadn't really articulated it because we weren't sure if it was a thing. Um, and now we're forced to confront the fact that, yes, this is absolutely unequivocally uh, a thing. Yeah, like, we didn't have direct evidence that these guys might actually be willing to disregard the fig leaf of an election. Yeah. Like, we thought they would be sufficiently wedded to the demands of the American political culture that they would recognize that a rigged election is better than no election. Yeah. But, like, obviously, if you're looking to implement the white nationalist ethno-state of your dreams, like, the time is now. There will never be a better chance. There may be a chance down the line. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I hate, I hate saying this because I don't, I don't want it to be true, but objectively, this is probably their best shot. Um, I just don't know if the balance of forces allows for this, but judging by... <laughs> they might be dumb enough to try it. Yes. I don't think it would work, but they might be stupid enough 
or desperate enough, or both, to say, let's roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, all there really is to lead, leave with that is people strike is awesome, hold the line is great, defend the democracy, check them out, check out all these different groups, get ready for, you know, whatever could happen, prepare to go out in the streets on November the 4th, and if we get surprised by Trump jumping on a plane, then... That would be nice. Yeah. But don't, you know... Don't, don't be... Ass- <laughs> don't assume at the first sign of trouble that Trump's going to win. Also, don't assume that the... This is going to end on election night. Like, this isn't anyway, but this immediate fucking... Uh, like just awful shit show. Yeah, probably won't be. We'll probably drag out for at least a week or something. Yeah, I mean, this is like I cracked a joke earlier about you know, <laughs> you know, decision twenty twenty. America dies. <laughs> um, I don't think that's entirely hyperbole <laughs> i just this I'm, we'll see i mean obviously i'm fucking scared and maybe you should be but also one last thing don't try not to invest yourself too much in the outcome okay because at this point, there is 48 hours for me. Um, it'll probably be shorter by the time you listen to this. Um, more like 36, maybe. Um, that's the amount of time that you anyone really has to influence the outcome in the normal manner. A lot of this is locked in at this point. A lot of early votes have been cast. Much of the outcome is set in stone. Um, if you've... I mean, I personally am planning on voting. Um, mostly because they've got a partial decrim ballot measure that I really want to go through. Um, but... (laughs) And let's also put out there, just as something to keep... It's a bit more on the optimistic side. Any scenario that ends with a mass movement forcing this government to abide by an election that throws them out of power is also a situation where we get to have a really nice big street movement that has already fought and won for democracy that is now going to be looking at whatever the hell it is that comes out of the Biden White House. Yeah. Yeah. I like those odds. (laughs) 
I like them odds. If you've already yeah. done a general strike once, it's easy to do it again. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, um, if all you can think of to do um, about the outcome beforehand is vote or not vote, then, you know, that's fine. You gotta decide your conscience on this. And, like, individually, you don't really have that much power over the outcome. It's only through collective action that we actually can influence things. Um, so, like, if you're still stressing about this shit, try not to. I know that's or, hard. <laughs> or at the very least, if you're that stressed about it, put it into getting ready to march on the 4th and the 5th. And however long it takes, because direct action still gets the goods. Yeah, yeah. Don't like don't blast your mind out drunk um, on the 3rd, when you're going to have to roll out on the 4th. <laughs> um, it's like this... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just... It's out of our hands. (laughs) It's most of this is out of our hands. Um, Let's focus on the stuff we can control. And that's the shit in the street. Yep. So get ready. Get your affinity group together. Prepare for the most intense month of an already intense year of your lives, and we'll still be here. We'll still be here. Even if, hopefully, we don't have to do another one of these fucking things. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Who fucking knows? So, yeah. Um, From Chop Shop Economics. um, Good luck out there. You know? Good luck, everybody, and hold on tight. Yep, this ride's about to get really fucking crazy. (laughs) So, uh, hang in there. (laughs) Bye, everyone.